Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Isn't it much better going into a bye week when we get to talk about a win and talk about three and two? And believe (laughs) it or not, Chris, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Pittsburgh bleeping Steelers are in first place in the AFC North going into week six. A good victory Monday to you all. This is the Southside Beat, of course, streaming every Monday through Friday, 3 to 3.30-ish Eastern on DK Pittsburgh Sports and later where podcasts are found. He is Chris Halleck. I am Corey Christen. If I look down here, it's because I have my notes. I have the final game book. I have <laughs> all kinds of literature that helps describe what we saw on that football field at Acrisure Stadium. And we, still have, we still have the Fire Canada emojis. The most on, unconventional so. 17 to 10 finish. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> at least in recent memory. You can thank Chris Boswell. You can thank Miles Killebrew. You can thank Hot Rod, Rodney Williams, if you want. But at the end of the day, you got to thank Kenny Pickett and George Pickens. The Pickett to Pickens magic worked towards the end of the game, Chris. And as a result, this is a much better feel going into a bye week in week six than maybe what we anticipated going into this weekend. Yep. Um, Listen, this is a Steelers team that is three and two. They're not going to complain about that. They are two and oh in the division. They are definitely not going to complain about that. Um, if you're going to do anything in the division, you've got to at least win at home. And so far they've done that. They've only got the Bengals left uh, for their home division games. Uh, so they have taken care. Uh, and it, I, it's funny. Your favorite barber says, I said 11, 10 Steelers and was almost right. You know, like I, I knew somebody, I think I, I, I couldn't put it together. So I need to give you credit, Barbara. I, I knew somebody had guessed 11, 10 Steelers. And and good and good on good on you because it really was um, and really we do need to we need to kind of uh, we do need to talk about it, Corey. I know you don't want to, but we do need to talk sure. about it. We can because because this has really caused a lot of controversy among fans. It, it really has, and so we need to clear the air here. Um, listen, anybody who's watched this show for any kind of length of time knows that we are not afraid to be critical of Matt Canada, to be critical of the coaching. Um, we're just not. I mean, we, we are very, very open and transparent about that. Listen, that play was not an audible. They did not audible to another play. <laughs> they just didn't. Kenny called for uh, called to check or check the protection to, to move it to the right, hence why he called Randy. Randy is for, or any other name that begins with R, is to slide protection right. Louie, Larry, whatever else, slides protection to the left. It calls for max protection. Ravens were in cover zero. 
one-on-one with Pickens and no safety over the top. That's easy. That's easy Pickens. Pun. Um, so, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So, uh, Hodge, Hodge brings it up here. Kenny Audible's for Max Protect only. Yes. He did not change the play. And I can't explain Matt Canada's stoic reaction. Uh, that's probably the best way that I can put it. Um, I, the only thing that I could think and, and is just he's a coach that's really, really laser focused on what's supposed to be coming next. Or he already had Mike Tomlin in his ear because he's wearing his headset saying we're, we're going for two. And so he's trying to look for Ravens personnel, what they're possibly sending out, what they're doing, blah, you know, whatever. Other than that, I would like to see a little bit more emotion that that's you've your <laughs> offense has played like crap for the entire right. game. Right. But yeah, you would like to see something because I, there have been times where the broadcast has shown Matt Canada in the booth where he has celebrated. I think, I think specifically, I remember the, the really awesome play call that he had at the goal line in the, in the loss to the, uh, to the Eagles last year, uh, where Claypool threw the touchdown. I, I want to say that Canada, that they showed him a, after that and he was like celebrating after that. So I don't know. All right. All right. Randy asked who called the touchdown play then. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give credit where it's due and you have to Chris. And I, this is going to probably piss off 99.9 repeating percent of Steelers fans. Matt Canada called that route. Matt Canada called that play. Yeah. Kenny adjusted the protection accordingly. He got the good block from Jalen Warren on the backside on the left side. And Broderick Jones, by the way, held his own again. That was a picket to Pickens special. Yeah. George Pickens and Kenny Pickett connected on that play because, number one, Kenny Pickett recognized the blitz, recognized cover zero, knew he had George Pickens one-on-one on Marlon Humphrey. With no George safety Pickens, over the top, yeah. George Pickens knew he had one-on-one on Marlon Humphrey with no safety help. So that's what happened. George Pickens did his job in getting separation. Kenny Pickett did his job and putting a beautiful ball into the basket for George Pickens to catch. Matt Canada called that play. Give credit where it's due. That being said, Chris, period. Yeah. Next sentence. He still needs to go yesterday, today, <laughs> tomorrow, the day yeah. after, etc. It's still, it's still because overall the, the offensive performance last uh, yesterday was just not good enough. They were they couldn't run the ball, they couldn't get any rhythm. Every every now and then when it looked like they might be beginning to establish some sort of rhythm on a series, something would put them behind the chains or something would just, you know, throw, you know, just completely derail, derail what they were trying to do. Uh, Whether it was a bad play call, whether it was poor execution. I remember one specifically where they ran motion of Calvin Austin over and faked the jet sweep and handed it off to Najee up the middle. It didn't do anything. It wasn't a well-executed play, but that's like one where I don't call, I actually like that play call because, you're you're trying to manipulate the defense to do something else other than we're getting ready for a run up the middle, you know, and especially with the Steelers' affinity for running jet sweeps, it's something to try to throw the defense off. It just didn't work. You're not going to bat a thousand even whenever you ha- call a really good game, right? So, and you're not going to bat a thousand on checking plays at the line of scrimmage either. Rick says, yeah. you know, they guessed they got cover zero. If that didn't happen, what would that play have been? Here's this is why tape study. This is why preparation. This is why game plan is so imperative in in any sport, but obviously imperative in the NFL. This is baseball scouting reports. This is studying a starting pitcher. This is studying a reliever. This is basketball, knowing a player's tendencies. Is he going left? Is he going right? Is he going to drive? Is he going to shoot? This is game planning, and this is preparation coming to the field right here. Yes, Kenny and George could have gotten it wrong, and maybe there was going to be safety help, but, but, 
I think Kenny Pickett put a ball to where even if there was a safety, George Pickens would have had a shot to catch it. Yeah. Maybe it wouldn't have been a touchdown exactly, but George Pickens still had a chance to catch that ball. Um, there's there's obviously many pieces to this game and the outcome of it. The Joey mm. Porter interception is obviously huge. The Gunnar Olszewski fumble on the punt was obviously huge that later eventually set up what would have been Joey Jr.'s first career interception. Yeah. Gunner's on the field because Calvin Austin's in concussion protocol, because he's being evaluated for a head injury. That's why Gunner's on the field. Um, Guillermo asked the question, why was Gunner returning kicks? Because Calvin was being evaluated for a head injury. But also, Chris, we can't ignore, and the title of the show says it, Stealing, S-T-E-E-L-I-N-G, an AFC North win. This was probably more about Baltimore giving this game to Pittsburgh and in, in the NFL, you take them. And, and in pro sports, you take them. In any sport, you take them. A win is a win is a win. Yeah. But Baltimore dropping seven passes that Lamar Jackson put right yeah. on the button. Mm-hmm. Two, maybe three of those that could have been touchdowns, would have been touchdowns. The one to I mean, Bateman, the, for sure. The one to Andrews, for sure. The one and to Aguilar, for sure. The Aguilar, for sure. I mean, that Aguilar, was... The Aguilar touchdown puts them up 17 to three. This game's over. Yeah. So this was as much about Baltimore giving this to Pittsburgh as it was Pittsburgh winning it. Yeah, it it was a real, I mean, a lot of people aren't going to agree with it because, you know, he did end up having the interception and he, uh, you know, had a fumble and everything. You know, Lamar Jackson got a really, really high grade from pro football focus for this game. And honestly, just from watching the tape, like Lamar Jackson played a really, really good football game. I don't know if like 94.6 or whatever that grade was is quite like accurate enough, but like still low 90s or upper 80s. Absolutely. Like he played a really good football game uh, <clears throat> like just as a whole. He didn't make a lot of dumb, dumb throws. He made he was very accurate. Um, there was a few different throws where you really saw really great anticipation when the Steelers were in pretty tight zone coverage. They weren't leaving large windows and he was still throwing before the receiver even broke out of routes, putting a right in the window where it was supposed to go only where his guy could catch it, where a Steeler defender couldn't get it. He was making really good throws. He wasn't just, okay, if nothing's there, I'm going to take off. He used the time that his offensive line gave him to try to find guys. They converted long third downs because of it. If his receivers have even an average day, this isn't the Steelers when we're talking about a loss. Uh, it, it, that's just that those are just the facts. I mean, they, they, I mean, if they can catch the football at all, I mean, like I said, we talked about three potential plays for sure. Rashad Bateman has an easy six, drops it. Mark Anders, okay, a, maybe not the easiest catch, but we've seen him make much, much more difficult catches. He needs to haul in that football. Nelson Aguilar, it's right on your freaking – it's right in the bread basket That's for Nelson you. Aguilar's whole career. That's Nelson it's Aguilar's just, whole career. Zay Flowers yeah. falling on his own behind yeah. uh, and dropping that one. That could have went for huge yards. Yeah. The Ravens was, shot themselves in the foot as much as they could have in this game. Yeah, And were, that is meanwhile – and that is meanwhile Lamar Jackson playing – arguably his best game of the season. Arguably, definitely his, I, I mean, from what I can remember, I mean, I have to go back and look at like numbers and tape and everything like that. And I'm just not going to, but at least in my mind, and this might be immediate reaction, the best he's looked ever against the Steelers. He didn't look rattled, even though the Steelers were back there quite a bit. Alex Highsmith had a lot of pressures and everything like that. He never looked rattled. He never looked uh, like completely like lost or or anything. He looked like a quarterback who was in control, who knew what he was doing, 
his guys just weren't catching footballs. I mean, seven drops. That's at Rico Costa coming in with the ten dollar donation. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Lamar Jackson was was actually really really good for the Ravens and the Steelers dodging a major bullet because his receivers couldn't catch the ball. Uh, Rico asked or says serious question: What exactly does Glenn Thomas do in this offense? I've not heard his name or heard him speak. What's going on? Um, good. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> I know this is like a like a joke on the Ramon show. Pretty sure. Corey. Go ahead. I mean, you're you're there. You're there every day, man. What what what's 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 Glenn what, what's Glenn Thomas doing every day? There's really no speak of Glenn Thomas on the south side. There's not much <laughs> of it. Um the official title is offensive assistant. Now that could mean one of a million things. That could mean he gives input to Matt Canada. That could mean he's there to help out Kenny Pickett in a hands-on, hands-off, in the film room, on the field situation. There's really no specific guideline to what Glenn Thomas does. Yeah, And there are not a lot of people that talk about Glenn Thomas on the South side. Of course, the negative talk always goes to Matt Canada. The positive talk rarely goes to anybody. Yeah. And this is from the outside, of course. And, you know, when things go right, it's hard to credit who should it go to. And I feel like Glenn Thomas's name only comes up when we talk about something positive within the Steelers offense. Um, like almost as it's almost as if he's like, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a ghost writer, you know, like a ghost writing offensive coordinator. Yeah. And he's the one really <laughs> pulling the strings and Matt Canada's just the puppet. I don't think that's the case, No, but there's not a lot of, you can make up your own title. I I see like as Matthew here saying assistant to the regional manager, like there's really no clear definition to what Glenn Thomas does. And there's offensive and defensive assistants everywhere. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, 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 and obviously I'm seeing a lot of uh, people, you know, talking about Gunner and how that needs to go or talking about how, I think I even saw somebody say, (laughs) did, did this, um, he's the assistant to the assistant manager. I saw well somebody. Done, I Mike. saw somebody theorize that Gunner is a mole within the Steelers organization, and he's there to just <clears throat> consistently. I, it throw, it really, which, really is. It, I'm, but no, okay. But it really is just absolutely mind-boggling that this guy has been has like earned mm-hmm. an All-Pro designation for being a returner. Mm-hmm. Whenever he has fumbled a game away, he has. Toe tapped a kickoff return on the sideline instead of letting it go so that the ball could be at the 40 yard line and now ran into his own teammate and fumbled the ball. And without a Joey Porter jr. Thank you, Mike Rosenthal for being a new member. Appreciate it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Welcome um, aboard. We appreciate it. Enjoy your, enjoy your emojis, the moan yeah. emojis, the DK emojis. Enjoy all of them. But I mean, to, to with everything that he's done, I, I don't understand if he earns another helmet this year, it's only it only has to be because of injuries. Like I, I just don't understand. He's it. I mean, this is even worse than it was last year. Like to mm-hmm. to be completely honest, it really is. Um, but and I saw somebody else mentioned like did yesterday did the team save Matt Canada's job? And I'm going to confirm you. You know, stay you like stay in the stance of being like just Matt Canada is not being fired mid season. Um, again, if, if it, if it's, if it's done, it breaks every precedent 
set before him. Uh, like every single precedent, the Steelers just don't fire coaches in the middle of a season. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying that like until it's actually done, I won't believe it's happening. Like mm-hmm. period. I don't need to be speaking with inside sources to be trying to figure figure that out. Like it, that's just not yeah. anything. The Steelers could have lost that game yesterday, played a terrible offensive game, and I still believe that Matt Canada would be the offensive coordinator whenever they take the field again. I agree. I agree. Uh, now, that doesn't the- mean that certain like responsibilities and everything don't don't get shifted possibly, but in terms of actually being fired, like you're no longer a welcome on the south side, turn in your badge or you know, you're no longer employed here. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Mini Hulk, I brought this. This was brought up at the beginning of the show, and I start it to the side. Mini Hulk says Joey Porter Jr. needs to start over Levi Wallace. It's very clear now that he does. Yeah. And this goes back to what you talked about, Chris, with um, organizational philosophy as far mm-hmm. as firing coaches. There's a similar organization philosophy that goes along with developing their rookies. It's specifically this rookie class, which if you read my post-game story on DKPittsburghSports.com, you know what? It didn't just focus on Joey Jr. It focused on Broderick Jones. Mm-hmm. It focused on Keanu Benton. It focused on Darnell Washington. And even the second-year guys, now Kenny Pickett, now George Pickens, Calvin Austin, et cetera. It is so blatantly, obviously clear now. Terrell Austin has no reason, no excuse, no yeah. explanation. It's over. There's no reason to keep Joey Porter Jr. off the field. Now, who do you do it for? Do you put him in, in the cornerback outside for Levi Wallace? Do you put him outside for Pat Peterson? You probably do that with Pat P, move Pat P inside, and essentially that's your upgrade in the slot and in the nickel situations over a Chanted Sullivan. So it's really interesting. I, I sent you the, the the stats earlier today on Joey Porter Jr. from Pro, Pro Football Focus. Mm-hmm. 86 total snaps. Now, not, not all of those are coverage sacks, but the vast majority of them are. I want to say it's like 70-something are coverage snaps. Seven targets. That alone right there, like you would think rookie cornerback teams are going to be attacking him. They're not. It's the same thing that happened at Penn State. The teams aren't throwing in his direction. So what does that tell you? He might have his guy covered. On those seven targets, he's allowed one catch for 12 yards. He's had one pass breakup, and he, he now has a pick. That is a passer rating of 0.0. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I'm very, very vocal here that Joey Porter Jr. needs to learn how to tackle. No question about that. That's still true. It's still true. However, yep. you have a guy who is absolutely like who so far has been granted small sample size, but so far. Okay. Listen. Okay. I just want to clear the air here. Mr. CJ Jr. I think I'm, I'm saying that right. I hope mm-hmm. says PFF is garbage. Listen, PFF's grading system, I don't agree with. I Their grading system is subjective. I, I don't agree with it. Their stats are on the money. The actual stats. When you say that somebody has played 86 snaps, 84 in the corner, one in the slot, one in the box, like those are trackable stats that you can go back, watch the film. If you want to, I mean, take the time to do it, but you would be able to find that Joey Porter Jr. has played 86 snaps, 84 at cornerback, one in the slot, one in the box. Like those type of stats, those and, and everything else that goes along with it are easily trackable and are, for the most part, right on the money. So PFF is a good tool for things like that, yes. not for, oh, Lamar Jackson was the highest graded player yesterday in yesterday's game. Miles Garrett was the highest graded My, player yes. in yesterday's game. <laughs> they're all because they're all focused on pass 
you know, winning their pass rush or whatever it is, mm-hmm. their win rate on pass rush and everything. It's like, did he get to the quarterback? You know, we can go down that road. I mean, right. like the grading system is subjective to what they favor as what makes a good edge rush or what makes a good, you know, pass block or whatever it is. But in terms of the actual trackable stats, PFF is a really good tool for stuff like that. I have three quick ones I want to hit that I've starred uh, from the YouTube comments section. Robert asks, any update on Dan Moore, James Daniels, and Pat Firemuth? We won't get that until the next time Mike Tomlin speaks, at minimum. Yeah. Um, I will say I saw all three of them in the locker room today on the south side. The locker room was open for about 45 minutes. Saw all of them walking around, just kind of chilling on the south side. So um, they are around. There's, there's no indication that either of them are going to be out you know, for a, a crazy amount of time. You know, maybe a couple more weeks for Pat Fryermuth. James Daniels seems like a week-to-week thing right now. Um, and Dan Moore, a sprained knee, you know, that could take you down, you know, for an undisclosed amount of time. It just kind of depends on the severity of it. Um, Guillermo says, just imagine we had Corey Trice. I, I, I don't know if Corey Trice as a seventh rounder would be getting the same kind of, um, you know, the same kind of Ferrari treatment that Joey Porter Jr. is getting. <laughs> you know, it, it seems like Joey Porter Jr., it, you know, he's drafted as the third what the third cornerback in that class? He's highly coveted. He's he's already polished. I think Corey Trice would have been more of a project uh, for Terrell Austin, for Grady Brown, and and those uh, coaches on the Steelers' defense to more or less have him ready for next year instead of this year. Again, being a seventh round pick, like he's had injury issues his whole college career as well. So yes, he's a good player. He was a good player at Purdue, but that doesn't mean it was going to translate right away to the NFL. Matthew asks, why can Jalen Warren just blow past people right now, but Najee can't run out of a paper bag? That's just the style of running back Najee Harris is. He's not going to break 40-yard runs. Jalen Warren could be your explosive running back. Najee Harris is really good for three yards in a cloud of dust, for eight yards in a cloud of dust, for those really tough, rough-and-tumble runs that the Steelers love to pride themselves on. Jalen Warren is the more explosive running back, and I don't think there's a question of that right now. But that doesn't put Najee Harris down either. I think. No, I, and listen, the, the the most successful run that I saw with Najee yesterday was a really really good outside zone run. Um, Broderick Jones and and Darnell Washington both just sealed off the edge perfectly. And you know, outside zone, your 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 main attacking point is uh, is off tackle. So it would be in that gap between the the, the tackle and the tight end, and they open that up, and Najee was absolutely looking there. Of course, you know, being, you know, a zone runner, you have to have your eyes on essentially three different lanes possibly. And he saw that hole open and he hit the hole. I think again, like seven or eight yards, something like that. It, it was a, it was a, it was a good run. The, the problem is that the run blocking was still a bit inconsistent yesterday. It was better. The offensive line is getting better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still not where it needs to be. It was secret uh, Broderick Col- Jones starting, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Broderick Jones was really good. Uh, but, you know, Mason Cole told you this morning uh, saying that they're far from playing their best ball. The offensive line still has to get better. Uh, and honestly, I, I didn't see the same Najee yesterday that I you know, I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, be this, you know, and, you know, Najee apologist or anything like that. You know, I didn't see the same Najee that we saw in Houston. You know, I mean, it just wasn't, you know, quite attacking the hole as, as you know, violently as he was. Uh, in the second half against the Texans. Um, but uh, overall, I mean, it, it was one of those situations. I think this is why you want to have a really good one-two punch is that last week in Houston, Najee was the guy. He was the hot hand. You were riding with him. You you go with him. 
Jalen at one point just showed everybody like, listen, I'm going to be the guy right now. Give me the rock. I'm going to, I'm going to do something special with it. And they did that credit to Mike Tomlin, Matt Canada, whoever it is that's making sure, okay, Jalen's hot right now. Let's, let's keep going to him. And they did. And Jalen, you know, kind of, I don't want to say carried the offense, but he absolutely was a spark that they needed. Um, so that's the great thing about having, you know, a, a duo at running back, you know, you can have one of, you know, either guy could step up at, at a moment's notice and become the guy, the go-to guy in a moment. Uh, Robert asked, do you think Broderick Jones took over the job from Dan Moore? That's exactly what I think. I think you have to play Broderick too. These rookies, again, my whole basis of yesterday's column that I wrote after the game, which you can now read on DKPittsburghSports.com, enough's enough with the kids. Enough of the growth, enough of the development, enough of the plan, enough of all that other jargon and nonsense. You have to play these kids now. You have to play Porter. You have to play Broderick. You have to play Darnell. Obviously, Darnell is a little bit different with his role. Pat Fryermuth, more of the catching tight end, and, and, and Darnell is the blocker. You have to play Keanu Benton, even when Cam comes back. You have to play these rookies. Nick Herbig's a little bit different because of TJ and Alex being right there. But you have to play the rookies. We've seen it across the league. Zay Flowers was Baltimore's best receiver yesterday, even despite the drops. Tank Dell and, and C.J. Stroud ate the Steelers alive. Devin Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez up until, until he, got, they, uh, he got hurt were locked down corners for their respective teams. This rookie class, Will Anderson makes an impact for the Texans. This rookie class is really damn good. And the Steelers, I think, with those, with those fourth, with those, uh, excuse me, five picks, in the first four rounds, made five amazing choices that are instant impact guys. Now, it depends on the role. It depends on the depth in front of them. But there's no reason from this point forward after the bye why Broderick Jones, Joey Porter Jr., Keanu Benton should not be starting. Yeah, well, I mean, Keanu Benton really, I mean, and, and to, to be fair, Keanu Benton has earned technically a starting role. He is an or starter on the depth chart. And so that means that, Pretty much whatever Mike Tomlin's fancy is that day, that's who's starting between either him or I don't even remember who the or starter is. I want to say it's, it would be Leal. Uh, Marvin Leal. It would be yeah, Leal. So, so Leal would be there possibly, but Leal was obviously out with the concussion. So Keanu Benton got the start, uh, and he played well again. I mean, nothing, nothing that was like nothing like what we saw in the Vegas game, but I mean, first series, he had a quarterback hit on Lamar Jackson. I mean, that's a good way to, you know, to at least, you know, get your feet wet in, in terms of, you know, a, an introduction to the Steelers Ravens rivalry. But um, yeah. I, and honestly, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. CJ jr. Brings up fifth year option for Najee. I mean, it's third, it's third year uh, right now. So I, I do kind of want to see how the rest of this year goes because you'd have to, you'd have to exercise it before, his fourth year. So yeah, because you know, so I, I don't know. They're gonna have to make a decision this offseason for sure. Uh, but yeah, Dan Moore, when it comes to uh when it comes to the whole left tackle job, man, like the way Broderick's playing, man. I I I am I'm, I'm in full agreement with you. I think these rookies should be playing. Mm -hmm. you know, and now now you have the bye week to really review some tape, to really review a lot of stuff. Joey Porter Jr. has absolutely earned a spot with the with how bad Levi Wallace and, and, and Patrick Peterson have looked. Um, I still might still might say that probably if you're gonna take one of the two guys out, you would probably take out Pat P because he can always move to the slot. 
I think mm-hmm. Pat P would probably be better off in the slot anyway, and I think he'd be better than what Shannon Sullivan's doing because right now Shannon Sullivan really ain't doing much. He's getting beaten coverage, so I don't know. Um, but Joey Porter Jr. has got to be out there. Mm-hmm. Roderick Jones, I, I have a hard time not – I have a hard time saying, listen, you're going to take a seat to Dan Moore again after, after that performance. Chris, let's talk about Kenny Pickett. Okay. Yep. 18 to 32, 224 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. He was sacked three times. And of course, he threw the uh, 41 yard bomb to Pickens, 88.5 rating. Kenny Pickett, now in his NFL career, this is essentially one year of him starting. Mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett in his NFL career is 10 and 7 and has guided five game winning drives, five comebacks in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. F- half of his wins have come via the comeback fashion. Yep. I I don't think there's any doubt, and I don't think we had any doubt. We had the Mitch Trubisky-Kenny Pickett discourse of who right now in their current state gives the Steelers the best chance to win, meaning Kenny being hurt or a healthy Mitch Trubisky. And this is also factoring in how Kenny Pickett has looked over the last couple of games. You know, with the Raiders... And with the Texans game, Rico chimes in with a $5 contribution. What's up with Desmond King? We'll get to Desmond King in a moment. Kenny Pickett, to me, Chris, showed that not only that he is the long-term answer quarterback, but this is going to be a guy, and I think this is key, for as long as Matt Canada is this offensive coordinator, and even after, he is going to keep the Steelers into football games. He proved it on Sunday. He didn't throw anything away, meaning mm. obviously no interceptions, but he didn't put any risks out there either. He took care of the football well. He seemed like, at least compared to the Texans game, his decision-making was better. His poise was better. His awareness and presence was better. And to your point earlier, he had a better offensive line to block for him. Broderick Jones was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I think Kenny Pickett showed us more in this game than we have seen from him in any other game this season. No, he, he looked good uh, for the most part. Um, I still, you know, you know, there were still some throws he missed Um, still sometimes where you see the happy feet coming and that's not going to be completely, you know, wiped away in, in in one, in one performance. Um, He did have a bit more time that always helps things (laughs) for a quarterback. You know what, when the pass protection is better, uh, he's, he's gonna, yeah, yeah. Monogahale Mike's still leaving the pocket a little early. Yeah, he, he is. And that's uh, there part was of Kenny having to shake that Kenny yeah. has to learn to sit in a little longer. He has to get a feel for it a little bit more. Yeah. He, there was one play in particular that I remember where he ended, he ended up moving to his left, but he really made a commitment to staying in the pocket for a good three seconds. I want to say, and then anybody who's played football, that's an eternity for a quarterback back there. Um, so I say for a good three seconds, he was back there. And even whenever he kind of moved to his left, he didn't just do that like spin thing where he just goes and takes off. He just kind of more drifted to his left, found a guy for, for, for a completion too. Uh, so no, I mean, he, he, he looked better. Um, that's what you want to see. You want to see continuous improvement, especially coming off the injury he had in, in, in the game before um, a good performance to go into the bye with. Um, but there's still a lot, a lot more to be desired in, in terms of this is our next franchise quarterback. Like if you know when you talk about players going in, like this is our guy. Like there's still more that needs to be desired. But we definitely need to go back to uh, <clears throat> to Rico's 
donation saying, what's up with King? He's going to play second year this year. Also major kudos to Austin and staff for making adjustments in the second half. Uh, King, I mean, he wasn't mentioned in the, in the, in the injuries. So why wasn't he returning kicks even with Calvin Austin out? Because even with Calvin Austin in there, Desmond King was usually the one returning kicks. So why Gunner became the guy for both? I don't know. Um, I'm assuming that, you know, Desmond King, you know, not getting, not getting put in there. Um, it's just been because, and, and Demond Brown coming in, dude, twenty dollars, nineteen twenty dollar contribution. Awesome, That's I, amazing. I would, thank yeah, you. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, but I, I would, I would assume that the whole uh, Desmond King thing is just because they don't like bringing in cornerbacks and just throwing them in there without really studying and knowing the defensive scheme. That that's. And Mike Tomlin isn't necessarily the type of coach that flaps in the wind when it comes to changing personnel. I mean, look what he's doing with his rookies. Yes. So. Yes. And I would expect that they would start sooner rather than later. Again, I think there's something to Porter, Broderick, and Benton, especially. Benton did this really in week three. Yeah. And part of it was out of necessity because Cam Hayward got hurt. But also, Benton has just played well all season long. Yeah, I wrote about if you want to rewind the tape, so to speak, entering the year, I wrote, <laughs> and that's a draft. I wrote Keanu Benton's my favorite draft pick. Breakout player potential could be the most impactful draft pick right now. And I, I, I really just like sometimes venting when I'm right. And I think I was right about Keanu Benton. I had a good feeling about it when they picked him. I like just like the overall fit for the defense. He's a good kid. So Keanu Benton to me is, is, Right now, the Steelers' most impactful rookie, but Joey Porter Jr. is like inching right there. He's right yeah. there alongside him. Um, uh, a ton of good stuff coming in in the chat today, and we would love to stay on longer. But duty no, calls. No, but we got. I mean, but we got to. I mean, Demond gave us nineteen ninety nine. We got to. We got to address yeah, this. Jalen Warren makes Kenny it. look better. Look at the tape of all the big plays, game winning drive. Najee didn't see the field, which tells me the Steelers trust Jalen more. They're just not going to admit that to us. Um, I think that's probably a little bit more of the fact that number it's it's first off it's the it's the situation they're in they're going to be running out operating out of the shotgun a little bit more often more tempo uh, Jalen fits that better than Najee does um, and then also again Jalen was the hot hand and again good on the coaching staff for realizing that Jalen was the hot hand at the time and sticking with it it doesn't mean that. Najee needs to be the RB2 or Jalen needs to be the RB1. It just means if if the situation were reversed and this were Houston, when Najee was the guy, Najee needs to be on the field, regardless of the situation that they're in, because Najee was running through walls for that team last week. This week, Jalen was the guy hurdling over guys, staying on on his feet, using his hands and, and, and everything to keep from elbows and knees hitting the ground. I mean, dude was just... He was he was phenomenal yesterday. Jalen Jalen Warren was great yesterday, and good on the coaching staff for keeping him in there uh, when when he was like the guy. I mean that that's that's what they need to be doing. Read the room. He's the guy. Go to him more often. Got a final thought before we get out of here, Chris? Uh, no, I, I pretty much said my piece on the on the whole you know, on the final play when it came to the to audible thing. It's just because there, there are just you know I understand that there are people that don't want to give credit to, to Matt Canada possibly. Um, you know, and that's fine, you know, because I, I went into, if you haven't read it, I did a deep dive uh, on it uh, on the new series. Now we're calling Chalk Talk instead instead of Breakdown, which I think is a much better name. Um, so, 
Um, but I, I did a deep dive on that play yesterday and some some added context onto it, like what defenses have been doing against George Pickens and why the Steelers took advantage of that cover zero situation. Um, but, you know, listen, you, you got to call it like you see it. When George Pickens says that's the play we came out of and, you know, out of the huddle with, when Kenny Pickett says we got the prote- we, we know we got the protection right, you know, and, and Jalen Warren says, yes, that wasn't the that wasn't the original play. But then he goes on to talk about how we had, you know, how you know, they changed things up front and that they needed to execute up front. He's obviously talking about the protection that was needed up front because it was switched to max protection. So, um, you know, there are people in the comments that still don't believe me <laughs> and that's fine. Talking about the comments on the site, not on here, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's just uh, give credit where credit's due, man. When, when it came down to it, Mike Tomlin, Matt Canada, Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, all those guys across <laughs> the board executed perfectly. Beautiful comment um, from uh, Jason to end the show on Harbaugh, Harbaugh. For Steelers Hall of Honor. That was that not, was a really really bad game for him yesterday yeah, too. It that really was, was not the one that he's gonna want to put on his Hall of Fame resume. No. I know that. No. Um, thanks to all who listened in live, of course. Yes, and thank thanks you so to you much we, for chiming this, in. Uh, this might be our longest show ever. It, it could be, but I think for good reason. Uh, thanks to those who chimed in with a super chat. Um, that goes a long way. Leaving yes. a like, sharing this episode, sharing previous episodes, uh, obviously go a long way as well. And please remember, if you can't catch us live, 3 to 3.30 Eastern, uh, we are available in podcast form. Uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, all that fun stuff. So remember, we can find us on there if you missed the show live. Um, it, on demand, a, on instant, every day. It's a pretty low bar, that's bad. Believe me, that's a, it's a low bar. Give credit for the one really good play, and it was a, it was a great time to dial up an aggressive play. They still need to be a lot better. We're on to Tuesday. We're on to Tuesday. (laughs) We're on to the bye week. Plenty more to come this week. Uh, I still don't have a schedule for what's going on on the South side yet. So uh, they will be practicing. It's just a matter of when we'll find that news out. And of course uh, we'll talk to you this week, but for now, uh, DK and Ramon coming up in about 24 minutes or so based on math. Uh, He's Chris. I'm Corey. This has been the South side beat on a victory Monday an overreaction victory Monday. And we'll talk to you Tuesday. Cheers, everybody.